This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are bringing you 10 hypothetical trades we would love to see at the trade deadline. I got five. Connor's got five. We've got a mix of different teams, mix of players. We're going to talk about everything. The compensation, why it would make sense. Would it fit under the cap? Of course it would fit under the cap. The cap's a myth. We're not going to let some salary cap stop us from letting our imaginations pop off here on this show. You guys know how it goes. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell, the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Today we got a treat for you guys. Thursday episode, which means, you know, it's a mixed bag. We kind of do whatever we want. It's like the free space in the NFLSE bingo. And today we decided, since we are approaching the NFL trade deadline, since that seems to be the soup du jour of what everyone wants to talk about on the timeline. Sure. Let's talk about it here on this podcast. We're going to bring to the table five potential trades uh, for players for teams compensation context why we work we're each going to give you five i'm going to give you five connor's going to give you five and we're just going to talk about it we're going to have you guys yell at us at the end of the podcast about how stupid we are about this team would never trade that player for that price and whatever but it's going to be a good time connor i'm excited about it me too as excited as you could be it's funny the nfl makes trades very difficult whether it's the financial aspect whether it's the fact that a lot of teams don't seem very interested in making trades. Um, we are going to make it very interesting on today's show because there are a lot of contenders that have not got off to the start that they hoped for that I think, and I know you agree, need to make moves. Even if they're not game-changing, send-all-your-picks moves, they need to make a move. And then there's a couple surprise teams lingering around that might want to fill a gap here or there. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one today. Yeah, for as much as there is like the uncertainty of teams that we thought that were going to be great that aren't so great, um, bad teams being a little bit better than we thought, it definitely makes this trade market and this trade deadline very interesting because I think a lot, a lot of these teams are more desperate than I thought they were going to be, the potential contenders. And... Unfortunately for them, there are a lot of teams that we thought were just going to be absolutely terrible that aren't the worst team in the world. Didn't we? Did they're a lot better than we thought they were going to be going into the season? So are they going to be fire sale in their assets? What's going to happen? We're all obviously going to dig into it. You know, before we before we do get straight into it, you talked about how the NFL makes trading a little bit more difficult. And 
I think it is worth mentioning just how much goes into player acquisition, right? Like all the hours of scouting, all of the research done to the, you know, like it's not just fantasy football where you're acquiring a guy on a depth chart. These are people who like, you're shaking their hand when the contract is signed, right? You're getting to know their family. You get to know their lives. And so there's a reason why trades don't happen as much as maybe we think that they should, as much as it happens in a Madden league or whatever it is. You got to remember that part of it too. These regimes, a lot of times invest a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of work into getting these players on the roster. So that's probably why they don't want to get rid of them as easily as some of us on the other side of things like to admit. That's right. I think it's a league where players have become more vocal where they will go and where they won't go. And I think, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll never forget talking to somebody that already retired, but they were telling this player had a long career and he was telling me, he goes, I didn't realize he's like till my like fourth or fifth destination that I could just say no. He's like, and I said no to a trade and it, it, actually defeated the trade with no nothing else happening me simply saying i'm not going to play there and they were like okay trade's done so that's part of it hmm. um it, you know but it is funny to me and the nfl trade deadline has gotten better in recent years but obviously you're a hockey fan um in baseball like the mlb and nhl trade deadlines are a bonanza yeah it is, they truly are rosters look entirely different because yeah. the teams that are in are really really in and then you have the NFL where I think I'm fascinated to see who's going to be the first GM that really figures, and there's a couple that have had success, but really figures out some kind of loophole in the trade deadline or maximizes the trade deadline. Um, and it'll be, I think it'll really only pick up as more years go by. Yeah. And a lot of those, I mean, the other sports, there's fewer players impacting the game on a game-to-game basis right like you look at the nba and obviously the nba is pretty wild when you go through the trade deadline because one move like you said changes an entire team and Mm -hmm. it doesn't often happen in the nfl right it's it's the same in every sport where teams genuinely aren't looking to move on from their good players but when they do in the nhl when they do in the mlb when they do in the nba it's a massive shift in how good these teams are whereas in the nfl it's more of like is this the, I'll call it a little addition, but like, is this the addition that puts this team over the top? You know, like it's just kind of a little next step thing. It's not like a total identity changing thing, but I do think there's a handful of guys. We've already talked a little bit about it in the pre-show that could make all the difference in the world. So I'll start with you. What trade do you want to bring to the table? What's a hypothetical that you would like to see for one reason or another? And uh, tell us how plausible it is. So I'll start with a team that has big expectations for this year, and the year has not gone the way they'd hoped so far, but it can be salvaged, and that's the Green Bay Packers. And what I've seen with the Packers outside of the question marks people have at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. is that it starts up front their problems, and it's it's not just the Jets that whoop them up front. It, teams have had success against their offensive line, the right side of their offensive line, and Elton Jenkins is a great player in this league. He should be an all-pro guard that is being forced to play tackle right now. They need to find a way to get him back at guard. And the solution I come up with, Trevor, is the Packers trading a fourth-round pick for Isaiah Wynn and playing Wynn at right tackle, Mm. kicking Jenkins back into guard. And now you have a right side of the offensive line that does not look good. It looks flat-out bad and can actually be a big-time strength going forward. And I believe Wynn was even benched 
for a little bit of New he England's was. last game. Yeah. Lynn's had his problems uh, in New England this year, and Wynn's a good player. He's had his health problems, though, obviously performance problems last weekend. So I, I think that that's a player, despite his, his number, which I think he's making about $10 million this year. You have to figure out that part of the deal. But I think the Packers have a code red on their offensive line, and I think there's a solution out there. And I think this kind of move is a double whammy with Jenkins kicking back in and would really help Aaron Rodgers and really help their run game. Yeah, um, their guard play has been... Royce terrible. Newman has been going through it, man. Yeah, He's Royce. been going through it. They benched him, and whoever came in for him went through it against Quinn Williams and Sheldon Rankins, and it's been like that all year. So John Runyon's not grading out that well either, their left guard. Yeah, he... Yeah. Below Who got fined pounds. by his dad this weekend. Did you see that? <laughs> no, did that happen? Is yeah, that- John Runyon's dad... Uh, is the guy that like sends the fine letters? Oh yeah. And he he had to send his son a fine. That's yeah, amazing. their interior their interior has gone through it. If you if you run yeah. any form of a stunt against Green Bay's offensive line, you're gonna have a party. Right, right. I mean, I have I have two trades that kind of go off of that one. Um, yeah, go right to them. I'll, I guess I'll do the Isaiah Win one because you brought up Win going to the Packers. I like that idea because I do agree with you. I think that Elkton Jenkins needs to be an all pro guard, man. I think you need to let him be a guard him at tackle, even though he's a really good, just offensive lineman overall. I I feel like they're not maximizing his versatility by just simply keeping him at tackle. I think there's a better way to get a best five out there. And I think that trading for Isaiah Wynn could definitely be in the cards for that. Another team that really needs help along the offensive line maybe even worse than the Green Bay Packers, is the Los Angeles Rams. Rams have been absolutely terrible since game one where they gave up all those pressures to the Buffalo Bills. Joe Noboom now out for the season, and I never want to act like a guy getting hurt is like a good thing, but Joe Noboom was giving up so many pressures. He was top 10 in the NFL when it came to pressures allowed, and so him going down is already bad because he was the experienced guy that you were hoping to get in there and have that continuity, and it already wasn't working when he was on the field. Go get Isaiah Wynn, you know? A lot of people talk about the Los Angeles Rams, you know, trading for Christian McCaffrey or going to get an offensive weapon or what they're going to do at running back. Go get an offensive lineman. If Isaiah Wynn's available... I think that's definitely an area that they need to attack there, not only because of the injury, but also like long-term as well. Hopefully getting uh, Isaiah win in a starting spot because it's him and Havenstein. How old is Rob Havenstein? I didn't even look this up before. 30? What is he? He is, I'm looking at his contract now, three-year, $34 million contract. He is 30 right now, and he's got three more years on the deal. Okay, so he's he's definitely around for a little while at right tackle. But Joe Noboom was the left tackle anyways. That's Isaiah Wynn's, that's Isaiah Wynn's spot. That's where you would want him. You mentioned it. He, he carries about a $10 million cap hit. Rams have $4.7 million in cap space right now, so it, it would take a little bit for him to fit under the cap. But, Connor, you know, look. The cap's a myth. We're not going to sit here and let let something silly yeah, like it, something silly like cap space tell us the Rams. that we can't make a team. Right, this is a Rams return. And it's not all $10 because the season's already begun. Right, this is a good point, too. This is a good point, too. So, so when you, that, that's, a good, that's a good lesson as we're going to move forward with this is what you see on over the cap when you go on over the cap and you're looking at a lot of these contracts, it's not like the team takes on all this. A lot no. of this stuff is prorated anyways, so 
um, you're going to see. And, and one of the contracts I'm going to talk about has to do with that. But I'd love to see Isaiah win on the Los Angeles Rams. That is the area, if you ask me, that is holding them back the most. Good offensive lineman and wins been up and down. So that word good, I know some people might fight back on that. But this is a young, talented offensive lineman who I think could use a change of scenery. Would love for this to happen if possible because I do think that Wynn has some good ball in him. He's just 27, man. He's just a 27-year-old offensive lineman. When, if ever, do mid-20-year-old offensive linemen with potential hit the market? Almost never. Almost never. So I'd love for the Rams to jump on it. Packers would be a good situation as well because it would allow them to kick Jenkins inside. But those are two destinations that I'd love to see for Isaiah win. Man, it makes a lot of sense. The Rams... If they want to salvage this season, they they have to do something because they have so much, so many problems up front. Um, so I like the fit a lot. All right, I'll stick with the theme of, well, no, I'll stick. This team is not underachieving just because they lost to the Bills. The Chiefs are really good. The Chiefs are well deserving. Oh, okay, of being one of the Super Bowl favorites. I am. Go- this is more of a a buy low, but it's something that I think the Chiefs could use and mm-hmm. i'm gonna have them trade a fifth round pick for denzel mims on the jets mm. and the way i would structure this trade because joe douglas doesn't trade guys that he took you know on day two of the draft for day three picks and i, I think dollar, there, yeah. there might be some conditional terms here where if mims goes off with the chiefs it can become a four but let's call it a fifth round pick right now i just think they can use a field stretcher and a lot of people will look at this and go, well, what about Valdez Scantling? Sure. But once again, this is buying low on a guy that was drafted in the second round that has deep speed, that has contested catchability, that he just can't get on the field for the Jets. He's not active ever. He hasn't been active all year because the mm-hmm. issue is he would play Corey Davis's role. And the reality is Corey Davis has been a better player since Denzel Mims got into the league. And then Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore are going to play over him. Of course they are. And Braxton Berrios is an all-pro return man, so he's going to be active as well. And they like Jeff Smith on special teams. So I think Mims would be available. And I think the Chiefs, this is the kind of move you make at wide receiver if there's not that impact move out there. And I, doing the digging I'm doing, I don't think DJ Moore is available for, you know, I'm not expecting, from I'm just from what I'm reading, I'm right. not hitting up Panthers contacts. Like, it doesn't seem like DJ Moore is on the market. So if there's no big time wide receiver to add out there the odell beckham thing sure it seems like he'll have a lot of suitors won't be ready till the end of november anyway it sounds like why not buy low on mims if you're the chiefs and and maybe mahomes can get more out of him and and he's a pretty good blocker too uh which is something i think they would value if you have him and juju out there blocking could really help your outside run game as well I think that that's a that's a decent shout out. You know, a lot of these moves that might be made around the trade deadline, they're not going to be like the biggest moves in the world. But I feel as though the Chiefs are definitely one of those teams where it's like, hey, if the price is low, like if the risk is low on it, go acquire some talent. Right? He does that a lot. Yeah. Mims was a second round pick, even though he certainly hasn't lived up to that billing so far in his NFL career shoot. You know, you patch him homes, anything happened, right? So I I don't know. Get a good summer. It's just it's just one of those things where clearly it's not going to work in New York. Is his contract up this year? Right? No, so that's done? the nice thing if you're the Chiefs in this deal. You're acquiring a player that maybe can help you this year, but you have him on the books for $1.7 next year. Mm. So if you get into camp and he struggles, you cut him, right. and you're out of that money. Right. But maybe he turns it around with you because he had a good summer with the Jets. He just can't get on the field. And mm. 
I just, it's for the Chiefs. This is a little bit, we'll buy low and maybe this guy can be our wide receiver three or four next year for really no money at all. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're almost just like acquiring talent and seeing what happens. It's not bad when you're a good team. It's not a bad exactly. I, I don't think you want to do that all the time because it's not like you want to never be picking on day three of the draft for as much as they are throwaway picks. Those are often a lot of your core special teams guys. Those are the guys that you pick for a specific reason to be going on that third phase. So I think that part is important. It's not like you want to just throw away day three picks all willy-nilly. But in this instance for the Chiefs, I think, don't they have an extra one? So I was going to say, the reason I did this for them is the fifth rounder, they have two fours, a fifth, two sixes, and a seven. So the the Chiefs are going to move day three capital at the deadline. They have plenty of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got three sixths. They can do this. They can make this happen. You got the extra capital. Extra four. Extra four, two extra six. Yeah, I like it. I like the idea. I'll stick with the Chiefs. I'll go a little bit higher. I'll bring up the name that everybody wants to talk about at the trade deadline. I'll talk about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think that if there is a place where Christian McCaffrey should go, I think it's the Chiefs. I really I, I really do. I think that that's their destination. I know, I know a lot of Buffalo Bills fans have – Talked about Christian McCaffrey going to Buffalo. And look, in a vacuum, if, if you want to put Christian McCaffrey on the on the uh, Buffalo Bills, fine. He is obviously a better offensive weapon and a better running back than what the Bills have on the roster currently. But I don't want to take the ball to Josh Allen's hands. I, I know, I, I know some it. I know some people are gonna push back on it and say, like, oh, you don't want him getting hit this much, you don't want him running. Look how good he is. You're trying to win a Super Bowl. I I know you're you're not trying to run the guy into the ground, but this guy right now is front runner for MVP, if you ask me. I don't want to take the ball out of the MVP's hands. If you can guarantee me that the that the game plan is going to stay exactly the same and you're just instead putting Christian McCaffrey in for every running back opportunity, whether it's a catch out of the backfield or a rush, sure, I could be okay with that. But it's it's so tempting with a with a talent like Christian McCaffrey back there to start taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. And I hate that. I don't like it. I do not like it. So that's why I don't like him going to the Buffalo Bills. And some people might go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, you want the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands? No, not necessarily. But I think that Andy Reid is so creative in how he tries to use his running backs. They're going to use their running backs anyways. And so that's where it's like, okay, if you sub in Christian McCaffrey for the guys that they currently have. Jared Jared McKinnon. McKinnon, He plays a lot. Right. You got Jared McKinnon. You got uh, Clyde Eversley-Lair. You have Isaiah Pacheco, right? If you're just basically subbing in Christian McCaffrey for all those opportunities, now we're cooking. Now we're talking about something that might be worth it. The tricky part about McCaffrey is his contract, right? That's what everybody is talking about. Eight mil on the cap. If you go, if you go to over the cap, you can see that he's eight million on the cap this year, but then it goes up to 19 mil next year, 19 mil the year after that, 15 mil the year after that. The Panthers have to be trying to get out of this contract. And what Peter Schrager reported early last Sunday was that the, the the Panthers were looking for multiple first round picks for Christian McCaffrey. Not happening. A reason why that would be the case isn't just because of, you know, you're setting the value high for a good player. It's because the Panthers are still on the hook for that dead money if they trade it. So I, I believe that if I'm, I'm reading the breakdowns of the contract correctly, whoever trades for Christian McCaffrey, 
is only taking on about a million dollars in cap space because the contract is prorated. Carolina is going to save about a million dollars on the cap this year, but they still have the $18 million dead cap hit next year before he is completely off of their books. That's heavy. So in order to like make up for all of that dead cap on the Panthers books next year, that's why they would want more than just the capital that you would expect to trade for a player who has a tough contract. So I think in order for them to acquire Christian McCaffrey, it would probably cost two day two selections, right? It would probably be like a second round pick this year, a third round pick next year to get it done. I, I don't know where the conversations are. I have no idea what the starting point is for it. Obviously, two first-round picks is egregious, and Carolina will never get that. But if they don't, what are they going to do with McCaffrey? That, that's right. That's because the perfect point. The team is bad. They're not going to be good for a while. Yep. Whether it's the 19 mil that his that his contract would be next year to be on the team or the 18 mil with the extra draft picks that you get to help kickstart your rebuild – which one do you want? And I think that Carolina would probably rather have the draft picks. So I would take the picks. That's the, that's sure. the way that I read everything right now with the McCaffrey deal. Here's my counter take to that. Not really mm-hmm. counter because I think you agree. If you're you're worried about paying the money while the player is not playing for you, the draft picks you're getting should offset that money where one of those two picks should be a starting player for you at a pretty key spot. Right. So right. Kind of on, a, on a rookie on a rookie contract. That's what I mean. I was talking about this with Mike Renner earlier uh, today. Actually, we were talking about the <laughs> we were talking about the running back class for this upcoming draft, and Mike doesn't have Bijan Robinson in the top twenty of his big board right now, and he doesn't because of positional value. He, he loves Bijan. I think Bijan's right there at twenty one. So I was trolling him a bit about it, and then I said to him, "I was like, well, hold on. Do you have any other running backs in your top 50? And I listed him off: Blake Corum, Jameer Gibbs, Sean Tucker. Zach Evans, you know, like uh, so many of these different running backs and Mike kind of smiled and he said, no. And the reason why I I say no, isn't because they're bad. It's because of what you just did right there. You rattled off all of these really good running backs that could be available in the late second, early third, maybe even early fourth round. So if you're Carolina, if you pick yourself up an extra second round pick, an extra fourth round pick this year and an extra third round pick next year, whatever it is, I don't know what the price is going to be. You can move on from McCaffrey and already have a running back that you love who might be versatile as well on a rookie deal. So I think that that goes into it. All that to say, I think the Chiefs are the best spot for him. His usage with the Los Angeles Rams, I think, would also be very good because that's what Sean McVay does, and they need playmakers out of the backfield. But if we're being honest, the spot that I love the most for McCaffrey is the Chiefs. Go all in on the Chiefs. I already thought that the Los Angeles Rams were going to take a step back this year. I didn't think the Los Angeles Rams were a team that was going to win the Super Bowl last year. So I am skeptical about them going out, trading a bunch of assets for a running back that I don't think is going to make a big difference for them. I do think that McCaffrey could make a big difference for the Chiefs. So ultimately, that was my favorite spot for what is by far the hottest topic name in the trade deadline circles. I like it a lot. Now, what I do want to hit on is I am not, of the, and I don't think a lot of people will agree with this. I am not of the belief that it should be an assumption you can replace a running back because recent history just tells us the miss rate is just, it's a lot higher than people want to admit. Like go back to 2020, right? 
I draft this. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire yeah, has not lived up to his draft billing. No. DeAndre Swift, good player, always hurt. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor, excellent. Excellent. Cam Akers, total bust right now. Sucks. J.K. Dobbins, always hurt. A.J. Dillon, does not look good this year, as good as he looked last year. Keyshawn Vaughn, total bust. Zach Moss, total bust. Darrington Evans, bust. And I can keep going down the list. Like, the hit rate on running backs is a lot smaller than the general NFL media likes to pretend. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that, like, I'm trying to be like a narrative buster. Like, I will fall in love with seven running backs in next year's draft. Oh, of course. I already am. I already have. Right. (laughs) But a lot of them will be misses. So I think we've gotten to the point where we do fully take the position entirely for granted. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I will also say this, too. Uh, One more thing about McCaffrey is that next starting next year, none of his contract is guaranteed. So obviously it's it's structured the way that it currently is for him to be on the cap for 19, 19, and then 15 mil in those last three years. But there's no guarantees left in that deal. So you can either cut him and save money or you can potentially Get restructure the deal, right? So if you, if you wanted to keep him and you wanted it to be structured a little bit differently, I think that you have the freedom to do that and move some guaranteed monies around and make it, make it a little bit easier on a year-to-year basis if you think that he's going to be around for a long time. So all that flexibility is there with McCaffrey, but that's ultimately where I landed with him. Yeah, I think, I think it just illuminates your point further that they should get something for him while they can. I think if so, they too. Can. I think so, so. Too. I think so, All too. right. The next one, this one's for you, Trevor. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're going to celebrate this with a, a birthday hat and, and oh, confetti. No, but we got to do something for the Bucks, And I think priority number one for the Bucks should be getting O-line help. I don't know how much O-line help is really going to exist on the yeah. market. It just really doesn't. To be, I, try, I tried to find it. I, I tried. I couldn't. <laughs> You're right. I so, couldn't. I couldn't. I was, I, even, do, I was even looking at Denver's roster. I was like, Quinn Miners? I mean, like, would they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, they wouldn't do it. No, there's no way they would do it. So, tough. So, the Bucks. this is a tough one because I don't love his contract. It's not the worst in terms of guaranteed money, but I think the Bucks are the all-in team because of Brady. We know that. Mm-hmm. I have them trading a sixth-round pick for Robert Quinn, and Robert Quinn has oh, not. Cheap. Yeah, because Robert Quinn is paid, and Robert Quinn has not had the year, although in a situation that is just a disaster right now in Chicago for the most part. He has one sack this year in six games, coming off a season where he had 18 and a half sacks last year. So I still think Robert Quinn is a really good player. And I think the Bucks could use some more pass rush help. I don't think they're code red. And you tell me. I think the Bucks could use some pass rush help. Yes, offensive line is their priority. I just didn't think it existed. So this for me is kind of a signal of the Bucks are going to make some kind of a win now move. Because I don't know how much longer Tom Brady is playing. And if you're the Bucks, why not do everything possible to try to win a Super Bowl and figure out all the financial or lack of draft asset problems after Tom Brady leaves and rides off into the sunset. And this was kind of one where I said, if anybody's going to take on Robert Quinn, because he could still play in my mm-hmm. eyes, I think the Bucks would be the te- one of the teams. I don't, I don't hate your thought process of draft picks don't exact that. I mean, I'm, I'm way overstating this, but like draft picks don't exactly matter while you have Tom Brady, right? That's why Kyle Travis yeah, is such a terrible draft pick. I'm always going to go back to that. Um, second round, right? Back in the second round. That's yep. wild. Yep. Wild. Yep. In a Tom Brady window. Yep. Unbelievable. 
But I I don't think one I don't think they don't have the cap space to be able to take on Robert Quinn. Uh, the Bears as, need to help out here for for as much as let yeah. me make that very but clear. For as much as see, I think that if you're talking about that, then you're probably going to have to give them a higher draft pick, right? You, to uh, to be able to take on some of that money because Tampa definitely would not be able to take on all of it. I, they could be a lot better on the defensive line. Man, Quinn's just been so disappointing this year. Yeah, uh, unless you really thought that. Quinn is going to flip the switch in Tampa. Um, Shaq Barrett's been fine. Uh, Joe Tryon Show Inc. is kind of coming along. I, I kind of think they missed that veteran presence with Jason Pierre Paul that they had last year, and but Pierre Paul wasn't good either. So I'm kind of torn on it. I, I like the thought of adding to the defensive line, but I just don't. I don't really trust Robert Quinn, and I do know that the Bucks were interested in Robert Quinn the last time he hit the free agency market. Where the and, Bears gave him a ton of money. Yeah, and I remember the Bucks didn't. They were not about it because of his back. They were like, "No, yeah. his back's fried." And they end up going to Chicago, and he gets like eighteen and a half well, sacks that, in one year. That season was nobody saw that coming, right? So it's a little bit funny. It was like, ah, eh, maybe his back's doing all right, but he does. It's it's unless it is a very late pick, and they're helping out the money. It's it's hard to see that one being the move for him, but I. I have another one for the Bucks. It's not as star-studded, but I think it would be a, a decent addition for them. I have them going after Albert Okwebunam, the tight end from uh, Denver, who was a healthy scratch last, last yeah. week when Dulcich came back. And look, Okwebunam has not been having the best year. Um, I think a lot of people thought when Noah Fant was out the door, okay, this is Okwebunam's time to shine. Albert O, this is he's the guy in the tight end room. This is who they're going to go to. So far this season, Connor, only a 10.2% threat percentage, which is wide receiver or tight end usage. So how many times you're getting targeted when you are running a route? Seven catches, 50 yards, 11 targets on the whole year. And that's nothing near what people expected from him once Noah Fant went out the, went out the door. And Look, this guy's still got two years left on his rookie deal, okay? Bucks tight end room is very thin right now. It's Kate Otten. It's Cam Brate, who is hurt. I don't I don't even know how available Cam Brate is going to be. And then Kyle Rudolph is there. Coquif is more of a special teams guy, yeah. a versatile dude. He's not exactly integral in the passing offense. But Okuwe Bunam's a, 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 a good athlete. He's a big body. There's a lot of potential there. Like I said, he's he's been better as a run blocker this year. He's got a run blocking grade in the high 70s, and so you'd like to see that as well. He's got those two years left on the rookie deal. I tried to find a splash ad for the Bucks. I really did. But it's hard. Outside of Isaiah Wynn, there's just not really an O-lineman that's available that you can get jazzed about. And, you know, I, I looked it up, and... Isaiah wins bounced from the left tackle to right tackle a little bit in his career. And I was like, didn't he play guard a little bit? It was one game that he played guard. It was in 2020 week six. He played left guard and it's like the worst graded game of his career. And I was like, yeah, that's why I'm like, damn it. I can't even make this work. So I tried to, I tried to entertain myself of, Oh, you trade for Isaiah when you kick him inside, but that's not going to work either. So if it's not going to be the offensive line, I love I, I I hear what you're saying about Robert Quinn. I just don't think they're going to pull the trigger with it. Pick up the I phone mean, for Alberto. Pick up the phone for Alberto. Maybe he can make a difference in the passing game. He can get you a little bit more vertical. He can be a little bit more explosive from the tight end spot. Take a chance on it. That's my thoughts. Man, I'll tell you what. We've done a lot of shows. A lot of shows that have my eyes been some of the most creative 
pieces of content I've mm-hmm. been a part of in this in this space. Mm-hmm. This is one of the harder shows to prepare for, man. Like you have to do your re- you're not research, but confirmation of the money working. Right. The draft assets making sense. The right. draft assets existing. Yep. The player actually helping the team and not just being a body that as this podcast is coming through your ears, you do not give a you know what about. <laughs> so with that being said, uh thanks to you, because oh, yeah. we, we do talk outside of this show. No, we don't. I said, I said I need to find an interior D line for the Jets. Oh, yeah. And some Go people ahead. listening to that might be like, why? The Jets defensive line is killing it. Correct. Except the fact they have played Solomon Thomas. 122 snaps this year and nathan shepherd 116 snaps this year my boy nathan shepherd your boy be careful be careful your yours and only yours be careful uh, I, had nathan, in, I had nathan shepherd as a top 20 player in the year he came out it's okay you didn't have to admit it nobody's we're transparent on this podcast i respect the hell out of that to put those snap counts in perspective thomas with 122 shepherd with 116 quinn williams mm-hmm. has played 242 that's a lot of snaps for these two guys. That yeah. as good as the Jets' D-line has been, those guys are not good and have not been good. And the more they are on the field, which it's apparent they will need to be because this team rotates a lot, that's a problem. So when I said this to you, you said, what about Matt Ioannidis? And I was like, that's perfect. When mm. you look at, he's on the Panthers. Everyone should be available there, especially guys on one-year contracts there. Yeah. Ioannidis is still a good player. He is still... And it's a one-year deal, so this doesn't matter as much. He's 28, so he's not some washed veteran. Still a really good player. He's been very good against the run this year. He has graded out extremely highly. I think he's around a 75-point-something against the run this year. Mm-hmm. On a team that him and Derek Brown, their run defense has improved a lot. For all their problems, that was always a big one in Carolina. That's finally started to at least go, trend the right way. Ioannidis is still a good player. Now, the tricky thing why I only have the Jets sending them a sixth for him, besides the fact it's a one-year rental, he has void money tacked on for a couple years that's very low, but still a couple million here, a couple million there. It would be very interesting how that carries over if it does for the Jets. So this is the Panthers getting something for a player that you're assuming is not part of their future, even if he's performed at a high level for there. Mm-hmm. No offense, Carolina fans. I don't know why he would go back there after this year. This is a guy that's approaching 30 that probably wants to win and hasn't won a lot in his NFL career despite playing at a really high level. So this is quietly a need for the Jets that are 4-2. They want to keep winning, and I don't think they they should desire to keep playing Solomon Thomas and Nathan Shepard in key roles on the interior D-line. Do you trade void years? Those are things. I have tried so hard to figure out if they carry over, and even on over the cap, I cannot tell if they stick with the team. It just changes the color of the boxes when you click trade <laughs> preach you. That's all it did for me. It didn't tell me anything. It just changed the color of the boxes. So I'm not sure. But if can, they do I can I can I can I can text it I can text my cat person. You're gonna look this up while I keep talking. Okay. Bingo yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Secured. There it is. Yeah. Bingo space secured. So if the void years get sent to the Jets this is only a sixth round pick at best because that's the Jets paying a couple mil for the next couple of years that they just, there's no reason for that. They'd be paying 3.8 mil of the contract after this year. If the void years don't get carried over, I would send at least a fifth for Ionitis for the Jets because maybe you get him in the building. He likes being part of a team that 
they think they're really going in the right direction. You're playing with Quinn Williams and Sheldon Rankins and Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers. You have all these good things going around you finally. Maybe you can tack on a year extension or something with him and at a, at a reasonable rate where that fifth round pick is worth it to you. Um, so that was the, the biggest thing I struggled with this contract and why the value can drastically change depending on those void years. Matt Ioannidis, I like the move. Good player. Real good player. I reached good player out. that nobody re- seems to care. I reached yeah. out. We'll see if uh, we'll see if they respond. I'll, I'll give him a couple minutes. Yeah, it is Brad. And Brad's Brad, brilliant. So yeah, I, Brad knows. Brad knows a ton about the cap, and he obviously does a lot of work with uh, the good fine people at Over the Cap as well. So um, if any of my contacts know, it's probably going to be him. So I text him. We'll see if he responds promptly before this podcast is over, but we'll give him a couple more minutes here as we give a shout out to our friends over at Symbol. Y'all have heard me talk about them before on this podcast, but our sponsor Symbol is revolutionizing the sports betting market by turning the stock, by turning sports into the stock market. Symbol was PFF sponsor last year. They're back for this football season. They let you trade pro and college teams like stocks, even earn cash dividend payouts when your teams win. Shout out the New York Jets, baby. Bought them a couple weeks ago. Love to see it. And then Sim- you threaten to sell. I do it. We can go over it. Hold on. We can go over it. Symbol is a peer-to-peer market that took the thrill of sports betting and turned it into the stock market to give fans a new way to speculate on their favorite pro and college teams. Download the Symbol app. For iOS, by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store, use the promo code NFLSE to get a free team stock valued up to $150 when signing up. Whether you want to invest in up-and-coming teams like the Jags or the Goat and Tom Brady, I promise you I didn't write this. This is actually in the script. Or the new top dog in the Buffalo Bills symbol always allows you to buy and sell team stocks and profit from your sports knowledge. Create a free Count, enter the promo code NFLSE to get a free stock valued up to $150 and start making money in the stock market for sports. That is symbol. And no house advantage. Those are our other friends there. Changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy platform available today. Playing pickup contests versus other people with a shot at winning $250,000 in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, and even earn points for correct picks when you climb the leaderboard for your shot to win that big money every single day. You can test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks, bet on up to five player props and over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sport, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, even NASCAR. Sign up with promo code STOCK, S-T-O-C-K, at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get your first deposit matchup of $25. Make sure you check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just about how you play. It is where you play, and you won't want to miss out on this. Brad's got a few more minutes here before the podcast is up, but I got a couple more that I want to get to. You, you want a speakerphone call him? Oh, I, I don't know if he... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, he responded. Okay. So he says they already paid it. It's just cap space. So that, but it accelerates up to 2023. So you'd have the 2022 bonus prorated amount as dead cap on 2022. And then all of 2023 through 2026 would hit on 2023. Yes, that's correct. The cap number is in full at 3.812. I knew that, but who, who pay, who carries that cap number? The Panthers? Carolina does. So if they're going to get something from Matt Ioannidis. So if somebody trades for him, then that means that Carolina will have um, almost a million on the cap this year still. 
And then next year, they will have the 2026, 2025, 2024, and 2023 void years all on the dead cap on 2023. So it just prorates to that year. So it'll be 3.8 mil. He's a sneaky nice addition for someone then. Yeah. Sneaky nice. Very. Okay. Good for that's good news for Carolina, although people might be surprised to hear that because it really, in my opinion, increases the value. I don't think anybody would have given much of anything for him if they had to take on the void cap number of three point eight million. Right. But, yeah, that'd be that'd be a little bit. But that's good. Good. All right. Shout out Brad Spielberger for Brad, the, the quick response. If you guys don't follow him already, Incredible. he's fantastic when it comes to trades, cap, everything, man. He is your guru for it. You talked about the, the uh, Green Bay Packers to open up the show. You talked about them adding Isaiah Wynn, an idea, an idea that I like. If they're going to add a wide receiver, I actually like the idea of them adding Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton feels yeah. like the, the Giants have been trying to trade him for a while. The feeling that I've tried to research and look up still feels like they're not going to re-sign him this, this, uh, this upcoming offseason. So why not try and get something for him? Packers definitely need a player of his caliber. And when I say that, I mean speed get a player who can separate in man coverage. I feel like he has that ability. A lot of receivers on the Packers are not reliable in that regard right now. Slayton's been in the league a couple of years now. He has that reliability. It's going to be a new spot. It's going to take time to get the chemistry down, but you got half a season. I think the Packers are probably going to make the playoffs. I said earlier this week on issues football that I didn't think that they were going to. I really think it's a coin flip at this point because of how well the rest of the teams in the NFC are playing. Um, relative to expectation. There's a lot of bad teams that I think are still in the hunt for the playoffs. They need a go-to weapon, man. Well, maybe not a go-to weapon. They just need a weapon. They need some sort of complimentary weapon in the passing game for Aaron Rodgers. I think Slayton's the guy to do it. Packers have over $6 million in cap space to make this deal happen. So I think that that would be pretty easy for him. It shouldn't take much, man. Giants have been trying to deal Slayton, I feel like, for a while now. Mid-round, late-round pick early day three, mid day three, something like that. I think that you can make it happen. So Darius Slayton, putting him in that wide receiver room in Green Bay. That's another one I like. Slayton is a player that would go on with better results somewhere else. And the Giants have had a really nice year, and it's nothing. It's not even about this Giants regime. It's the way Slayton, you know, I, I thought he was really good as a rookie, and then you kind of look around and you go, what happened? So Slayton is a, a perfect buy-low candidate, much like Mims in a sense where you're, you're buying low on speed and somebody that doesn't get to play very often. So he had one big week for the giants, but somewhere else he might get bigger. Yeah. He's only got, he's only got eight catches this year, eight catches, 108 yards, no touchdowns. They were all in like one game. No joke. Played played in five games. Yeah. I think it was the London game. Um, Yeah. It was the London game. It was against, uh, it was against the Packers. Yes. Oh, wow. There you go. They've seen it. I didn't even think about that. There we go. go. Master plot. Can't beat him. My last trade here, a little bit of a, a sleeper. I was telling you before the show, I'm trading Teddy Bridgewater to the 49ers for a fifth round pick. Teddy Bridgewater is on a one year deal. Uh-huh. I, I know that they sc- they started Skylar Thompson over Teddy Bridgewater, and I think a lot of that had to do with Teddy was dealing with concussion protocol things. Sure, right. It's very everything going on in that side of the NFL right now is a little. Uh, complicated in a sense that these are new protocols inserted in the middle of a season that we don't truly know did they want to play Skylar Thompson or did Teddy not get practice in and they couldn't start him but he was the backup and he had to come in immediately Skylar mm-hmm. Thompson got hurt mm-hmm. either way two is going to be back 
I think the Dolphins organization likes Skylar Thompson as a future backup. Teddy. He played well in the preseason. He did play really well in the preseason. Teddy's on a one-year deal, $6.5 million, so it's going to be significantly less than that for the Niners carrying it. Mm-hmm. Trevor, I was telling you before the show, I cannot believe this. Jimmy Garoppolo's backup, who Jimmy has had his own problems at times, as we know, and came into the year as the backup, so maybe this explains why. Brock Purdy is Jimmy Garoppolo's backup. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is not exactly the uh, perfect picture of sustainable health all the time on the field. Mm. You're telling me that Niner season is one snap away from Brock Purdy playing? Brock Purdy playing? So... I, I would go get Teddy and or a player like Teddy, mm-hmm. and you don't have to play him over Garoppolo. It's not what I'm saying. But if Jimmy really struggles or Jimmy gets hurt, you have Teddy there. That Teddy's in Mike McDaniel's offense right now. Mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel was with Kyle Shanahan his entire coaching life before he went to the Dolphins. Mm, very good point. You're very going point. over there, and the verbiage and everything is much easier to pick up. He'd be okay. He'd slide right in. He doesn't need time to learn the offense. I think these are sometimes the moves that could save your season. You never know. So Teddy, Teddy to the Niners for a fifth. I also don't hate it long term, right? Because if he's on a one year, six and a half million dollar deal now, you gotta think Jimmy has gotta be out of there next year. But it gets tricky because you can't just move on from Jimmy with with nothing else. Like at this point. For as much as you still want to say, yeah, next year is Trey Lance's, right? Next year is absolutely Trey Lance's. You don't, don't know, know what you have in him still. And if this is going to be a 49ers team that's going to make the playoffs again, how is the ownership or the fan base or whatever it is going to be like, you're moving on completely from Jimmy just to give Trey Lance unprecedented ability to be the starter with no competition and nobody behind him. That That's always been the risky part to me but if you go trade for bridgewater which is intriguing bridgewater then gets to be jimmy's backup for a year you then don't have to you don't you feel like you don't have to re-sign jimmy garoppolo next offseason and instead you can probably bring back bridgewater to sit behind trey lance for a team-friendly contract where it's like okay if you're the backup most of the year this is what we're going to pay you you're already in our system you already know our guys you already know everything we have that faith in you but if you ever become the starter at some point the numbers go up and there's a little bit of flexibility to it so even though i i i never thought about this one i don't hate the idea of it i don't even hate the idea of it beyond this year i think it could be something to set them up for uh for next year too i think it's a good fit i think teddy teddy it's great like teddy when he comes in is fine Every time. Yeah. He's a Every good time. He's fine. I mean, when you're measuring backup quarterbacks around the league, but I do think it also makes sense for the Dolphins to get, I, I know to his health will leave some Dolphins fans like, I'd rather not trade Teddy. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, he's leaving after this year, probably. You can get an asset. And I just, I really think they like Skylar Thompson. And are you going to carry three quarterbacks all year? That's no. not very common in this league. Probably not. So it's kind of decision time. Just being honest. Probably not. They're probably not going to do that. Last one I got, uh, I got Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith was talked about as a potential trade guy in training camp when he was basically demanding a trade. He was looking for a contract extension. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. Um, I can't remember what the word he used, but he, I think he said that he just didn't feel valued by the Chicago bears and the contract that they were offering him. So 
He held out during the preseason, ends up coming back for the regular season. He's playing now, but he's playing on the last year of that deal. I don't know how happy he is and how much he's going to want to stay in Chicago after the negotiations and how they went down. Don't know anything behind the scenes about that, but just feels like there could be a rift there. Could Chicago franchise tag him? Sure. Do they want to? I, I don't know about that. I look at the Dallas Cowboys as a team that should be very interested in trading for Roquan Smith because they signed Leighton Vander Esch to a one-year deal this past offseason. They also signed Anthony Barr to a one-year deal this past offseason. Both of those guys, not a lot of faith in him. Vander Esch is playing better than Barr is right now. But Roquan Smith, man, I like the thought of him being in the middle of that defense because he is a tackling machine. This guy is a heat-seeking missile for the ball. You get a player like that in the middle of that defense, and you've got young linebackers behind him who then you could be okay with bringing up a guy like a Jabril Cox or something like that, right? You then free up Micah Parsons to be the athlete wherever you want him to be the athlete. Left side of the line, right side of the line, coming up the middle, coming off the edge, whatever it is, you free yourself. If you get get Roquan Smith in the middle there, you have that stability to defend the run, to go chase tacklers to the sidelines, to play in coverage, and you allow yourself to be as, as versatile of a chess piece as you want there with Micah Parsons. So with those two linebackers, both of them not exactly secured long-term, and when I say that, I mean both are free agents this upcoming offseason. I think Barr's on the books for, what is it, three mil, and Vander Esch is like two-something. So, shoot, you've got half of what Roquan's making right there. He's going to ask for more. He's going to want more. But I just feel as though with as well as the defensive line is playing, if you get yourself that superstar linebacker to play in the middle of the defense, you give yourself so much creativity in a lot of other areas. You also give yourself a young core of players to consistently build around and him and Trayvon Diggs and, um, and Micah Parsons, of course. So I like it, man. I don't know what the compensation would be because I don't know where the conversations ended with Roquan at uh, at the end of the preseason when he decided to kind of come back and stick it out with the Bears. But with the Bears being as bad as they are, I think they should pick up the phone and start to listen to offers with Roquan Smith. That's that's what I think. And if they do, I think the Cowboys should be one of those teams on the other side of the phone. Be a lot of fun. I, I think that'll the wild card there will depend what the Cowboys think internally of Damone Clark, who they, they took in the fifth round. He was a day two player. He had the, I think a spinal related surgery where a lot of people didn't know if he'd never play football again or miss the year. And uh, the latest on him is that he's actually practicing now and he's still start out on special teams, but he's somebody that was projected as an NFL starter as a prospect and then with that surgery and injury, it looked like we didn't know if he was going to play. So if they're confident in him, it'll be interesting to see how him and Jabril uh, Cox are eventually you know, brought into that defense. But if they're not, man, I wonder if Roquan Smith could be had for a cheap price because you're going to have to pay him. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you just take the flyer on him and figure it out. And No, they trade it. They trade him and pay him. You're right. Don't you trade they... him and pay him. Yeah, I think I, you well, you trade trade for him and pay him. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I th- this is what I think Dallas would do. And a little tricky because that's a linebacker is a 
how would you say like a lower valued position? So you don't want to do that very often, but I think where the Cowboys are and the mixture of players that they have, you insert Roquan Smith into the middle there. And I think that that honestly can make a, a world of a difference with how you utilize Micah Parsons and how good that defense can be for years moving forward. I think he could be a crucial piece for them. I really do believe that. It's funny. I, I wonder if the linebackers not the, the linebacker market is obviously very tame. It's not a very expensive market. You're right, Trevor. The positional value of it is not very high. As this league really starts to trend back towards a lot of teams running the ball and playing defense, will the really good linebackers get valued at a higher rate? And that's something we'll have to wait and see. We shall see. There we go. That's five potential trades in the NFL, the NFL deadline. Five from me, five from Connor. Let us know what you guys think. Or let us know what you thought of the trades that we propose. We would love to hear from you as yeah. well. We would love to hear some potential trades that whether it's your favorite team or whether it's a player that you've been paying attention to, a fit that you like around the league, we'd love to hear it. Hit us up on Twitter at Connor G. Rogers, at Tampa Bay Trey. If you're watching on YouTube, comment on the YouTube channel, and we'll see the comments there in that way. And uh, we'll talk about some of your suggestions, the best fits that we like on the show uh, sometime next week absolutely man gonna be a lot of fun um this was a fun week because trade deadline is always really creative and we mm-hmm. did the big stock up and of course we'll have the show sunday what matters most here's eight things that matter most so another fun <laughs> week for the pod as we we welcome more teams to draft season baby that's oh, what it's all about we're gonna trade deadline will give some of those away next thursday we might uh might have to we might have another somebody up. We might have another fixture franchise. Bob the up Builder. Soon. That's all. For somebody. Gee, yeah. now you're now you're talking about a YouTube thumbnail that's absolutely gonna go off, baby. Just a Bob the Builder straight in the middle of both of us. Dude, we didn't we didn't open the show. With what? Oh, the the tra- the, the, the trade uh, the trade. Guy. I get. You, I receive. You, you receive, receive. I receive. <laughs> so it's such an elite meme such an elite meme it truly is it truly is all right everybody well that's it for us this week hopefully you enjoyed the podcast hopefully you guys are enjoying the week and you enjoy a great weekend of football both college football and nfl connor and i are going to be back monday morning bright and early to talk about all of it with you until then i'm trevor sigma that is connor rogers thanks for listening to the nfl stock exchange we'll see you guys beginning of next week